I'm Theo. And I'm Juliet. And this is Apologies Accepted. We offer an entertaining look at some of the big issues in history by examining public apologies of the famous and infamous. We're looking at politicians, serial killers, actors, and you. Send us a public apology you would like to make, and we'll read it on the air and give you a chance to redeem yourself or just get some guilt off your shoulders. We're here for you. Once a week, maybe more if you're really, really sorry. The podcast. And I am not Theo, yet again. And I am not Juliet. Too bad for you. I know. Um, today we are going to talk about a bunch of stuff. Um, <laughs> and, then, and then we'll say goodbye. That's it. There's and then chart. we'll say Bye. goodbye. That's the agenda. <laughs> so Theo, tell us about your stuff. What's shaking bacon? Uh, let's see. Uh, so I was sick, which wasn't uh, fun. Um Again, and kind of not a surprise because yeah. I've been traveling, and so it's only ever going to pick up every respiratory illness in the world. Not COVID, according to all the home tests that I've been inhaling. Um, so, yay. No fever. Who cares? Oh, my God. Listen to me. Here's my <laughs> illness, right? Just mostly exhaustion and a stuffy nose, which probably is classic COVID. Who knows? Um, and I think it's a cold. Let me think. What else? So I did resign from work. Um, it's uh, definitely time for me to uh, start venturing out into Ooh, the world, uh, doing other things. And uh, they and my team is aware, so that's why I can broadcast this publicly now. Uh, and so I've got three more weeks. And man, do I have short timers! I <laughs> am just like, oh wow, that's a really bad problem. What are you guys going to do about it? <laughs> Oh, no, that thing happened? Oh, wow. Oh, well, good luck. Yeah. I'm going to go to lunch. I'll see you in five hours. (laughs) Bye-bye. Let me know if you want anything from Target. Um, Half kidding. Half kidding. Yes. Uh, So, yeah, so bad short timers. And then then the world is my oyster starting in March. What am I going to do? Who knows? Do you think you're going to start looking for work right away, or are you going to take some time off? I'm sorry, what did you say? (laughs) <laughs> what am i gonna start looking for what right away <laughs> a new table maybe <laughs> some furniture <laughs> some new fun stuff for your house maybe uh I don't know. for sure there are there are some things half my uh my site set on that uh-huh. um that would be of interest uh uh-huh. but i haven't made any um I haven't made any moves in that market, and here's why. <laughs> I don't want people in those markets to get excited that I like might be available. Because actually, you know, while while my last day is the end of February, I may uh-huh. be needed for a couple more weeks for training and maybe to wrap up a project or two. Um, uh-huh. And and so, and I'm very happy to stay and and help and want to make sure there's a very smooth transition and handover and all those things. So, um, so I'm not quite sure when I would be available to start a new thing, and also not right. a real rush to jump into a new thing because I don't know if yeah, you know this, but work is blah. It is. It can be for sure. Yeah. So at least no one's making you cry at your job. No, nobody's making me cry. <laughs> People do stress me out. They do come to me and yeah. they're like, ah, blah, blah. and I learned a word. Um, did I learn a word? I I knew this word, but somebody used it, and it's trauma dumping. 
And oh, yeah. I'm like, holy moly, yeah. <laughs> okay. I guess you run into a lot of that at your job. Blah. So, um, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, anyway, um, all of that aside, uh, that is what's shaking bacon here. Because I was sick, I didn't really do a lot, and that's life. I could go on well, and complain. That's not so bad. Yeah. At least well, you got a little bit of a downtime. And I've gone on and on and on for minutes, and I wasn't traveling, and I didn't do cool things like you. So what's shaking bacon? <laughs> what have you been up to? Well, I went to, um, my cousin mentioned that I should go to Seattle to see the Calder, Alexander Calder exhibit that is at the Seattle Art Museum. And she's like, oh, it's just near you. I mean, of course, it's not just near me, but, you know, it's right It's right there, like 12 hours away by car. Um, you should go and see it. And I thought, well, I could do that because then I could go down the Pike Place Market and I could, you know, go to here and there and the other things. I used to spend a lot of time in Seattle at my old job. Um, so, and then I thought, well, if I'm going to Seattle, I might as well go to Vancouver too, because it's just right there, which of course is not just right there, but it's right there closer than San Francisco. So, um, so I did, I went up to Seattle and, and I stayed at the Alexis hotel, which is the same hotel I've been staying at for God, like 20 years now. And I got this really cool room with this great view of the, of the sound and the Ferris wheel and the, um, over towards the market and everything. It's really, it was really, really, really nice. When, when I left home, I had, I was literally like this ball of stress on, on the way to the airport. I was just a mess because my dog had fallen down the stairs, um, like a week prior and hurt her paw and was refusing to use the stairs at all. And we live on the second floor and she's like 80 pounds. So we would have to, both of us carry her up and down the stairs every time she needed to go outside. And, you know, her, of course her foot was still hurting and she was limping and, I was just, you know, thinking worst case scenario, this dog will never go down the stairs again and we're going to get older and we're not going to be able to carry her and we're going to have to put her to sleep and it'll be terrible and uh, what am I going to do? You know, just catastrophizing right and left. Um, so I, it was a really good time for me to take a vacation and get away from all of that. And leave Brent with everything. And Well, no, actually I couldn't because he couldn't carry her up and down the stairs by himself because she's like 80 pounds and yeah. she's really unwieldy and, and she hates being carried. So like if you pick her up, sometimes she'll scream like the scream of death. Like she's being hurt and i'm sure our neighbors think we're torturing our dog but it's just because she's a little bit uncomfortable um so i took her to pet camp for the week and i've got to go pick her up in an hour or two after this podcast is over and there's a storm outside it's raining like crazy and there's this travel advisory don't don't leave your house but i've got to go pick up my dog so the stress is starting to pile back on again <laughs> but anyway i did spend time in Seattle, which was extremely relaxing. And then I just hopped on a plane and flew to Vancouver and I got another room um, at the uh, the Fairmont waterfront. And uh, again, a beautiful view of the water and Stanley Park and just amazing um, right near where the, the uh, Pan Pacific Hotel where those five sails are that you see in pictures. Um, right right there and uh, went to the art museum there the Vancouver Art Gallery saw some Emily Carr art, some native art, some other interesting stuff. Um, you know, had some had coffee in different places and just kind of wandered around a little bit, went down the Stanley Park, took a long walk, went to the totem poles, did a bunch of things. And it was just super, super relaxing. I was just so laid back by the time I got home. Um, it was totally worth it. And I recommend these little trips to everybody who, who can find it in, in their means to take them. So take a trip, guys, if you've got the opportunity. Oh my God, I went on a mental trip um, with you to Seattle. I um, love the idea of just walking around and going to different coffee shops and uh, great. hanging out. It was ideal. And, you know, we're looking in little shops and I didn't buy anything, which is I'm really proud of myself because I just spent like a week 
throwing things out of my house that are like things that I don't wear anymore or can't wear anymore or things that are, are have been in boxes and storage for five years that I'm never going to use again. And so the last thing I need to do is to go on a trip and start buying more stuff to fill up that space with. But, well, um, but I did get to look at a lot of stuff. So that was fun. Um, all right. So now I have to ask, do you have anything from high school? Do you have like clothes from high school? Oh, no clothes. I might have a yearbook or something, but that's it. Do you have clothes from high school? Oh, probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Um, no, I hated all my clothes in high school. Yeah, me too. But uh, whatever, <laughs> like things get buried in the back of the closet. Although I've moved like 700 times since high school. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's like that shirt. I do have a couple shirts that I cannot throw away. Uh, and it's sad and it's stupid because I should, but I just feel uh, like if I throw that shirt away, the universe will unravel. The sun will explode. <laughs> I need to protect people. So, uh, yeah. Well, thank you for not throwing the shirts away. I know. Right. Thank you. You saved the world for, again. Yes. Constantly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, all right. You're not, you're so not I as bad as, question for you, as it though. could have been. What? Um, so since since the layoffs at my last job where basically everybody at the company got laid off because we got bought, I've been asked for a ton of references, and, and some are from people I barely know, or even worse, some are from people I actively dislike and didn't enjoy working with. And what, what would you say if somebody that you didn't like and didn't think was good at their job asked you for a reference? So I have... I'm putting you on the spot. You are. Um, <laughs> but also I have, I have the most humane answer of all time. Mm-hmm. We are all brothers in arms when we have all been laid off. Here's your reference. Good fucking luck to you. Really? Yep. Yep. Oh, wow. I'm not sure I could do that. Because yep. what and, if they end up at a job and and I get known as the person who gave a good reference for this idiot? Well, they're not going to hire them based on your word. Like, <laughs> oh, my God, will. Juliet, Juliet likes reference. you. Great. Here, please, this way to the corner suite. This is your new office. Well, yes. that's a good point, Theo. <laughs> yes. So, no, they just want to they just want to verify employment and they want to know that there are the two box. people who like don't hate you so bad that yeah. like, you know, they spit when your name is mentioned. And so <laughs> that's that's all that bullshit is, right? Um and so uh, I think it's I think it's adorable of you to have this ethical quandary <laughs> around should I give a personal recommendation to someone that I don't care for? But, um, you know, it, you think I should workers have to unite against the man. Yeah. If we give okay. it, stick it to the man, send him a horrible employee. <laughs> <laughs> That'll show All corporate right. America. You just keep those problems chugging along, you know, make them employable and help them out. And, like promoting someone from seventh grade to eighth grade when they failed every class. Yes, exactly. That's just it. It's like, do I really want to look at this kid again? No. Um, right, no. no. Your problem now, Mary. You know what? If you haven't learned to read by the age of 13, maybe the next teacher can help you. I can't. Um, but also there's that thing of you write a reference letter for somebody um, and then maybe they hire you. Or because whatever, they they were bad at that job, but they're great at this other company. I see, in the future. Or maybe they right. hear about a job and they're like, boom, 
I know who I, I need to tell about this job because she wrote me this glowing, you don't have to write a glowing reference letter, but you know. Right. Well, they'll never see the reference letter. They'll never hear the reference that I give. So as long as I give a decent reference, you know, it's, I think that's what matters. So yeah. Usually I do it over the phone. I mean, that, well, and, and over the phone, great, right? Because... Um, no record. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and, and you can be as... Tone says a lot. Exactly. So, you know. I was like, what was it? You told me one time if someone, uh, I thought, I think it was you. Um, if someone comes to you and said, did it was, you know, did Mary work at, at such such company between whatever day and whatever day? And you can say, well, she was there. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> she was there. Yeah. I don't know if she worked. <laughs> when I managed a bookstore, um, I would get, people would leave, you know, staff would uh-huh. leave. And they're always going to another part-time retail job because uh, that was a lot of my staff, just part-time people. And, and great, cool, um, very seasonal. And so they would ask for references. And uh, the company that I work for had a very strict policy. You were you were only allowed to give like the work dates. You could verify employment. Yeah. That's all yeah. you could do, right? Yeah. Um, but you like can that. you can say a lot with yeah. They worked here from. March to June. Well, that yeah. doesn't sound real snotty, but you know, they're, they're obviously. Well, let me over explain this. <laughs> I understand. Thank you for your advice. You, you are it. welcome. And yes, and just write a, just give a nice little reference. Um, they, they never showed up drunk. <laughs> that I know I like of. <laughs> So today's story, and I, I, with, with this Speaking episode, of showing we, up drunk. Speaking of showing up drunk, <laughs> we continue my, uh, what I would call obsession with ChatGPT, but it's not really an obsession, it's more of a mild interest. Um, I, I went and plugged in the story into ChatGPT and asked it to write a podcast script for, um, for the episode, and it came up with quite a lot, uh, which was funny and interesting, and the thing that I noticed the most was that it lied. It lied and lied and lied. It made up people. It made up names. It made up dates. It made up everything. I and love then it. even when I would go back and say, please use this article as, you know, as the basis for your piece and use only the facts, still came back, lie, lie, lie. And I guess, according to Brent, that's the way it is, but I didn't realize that. Um, but I did get two opening paragraphs out of ChatGPT that I'm going to use 17 pages. So... <laughs> oh yeah, 17 pages, but the two opening paragraphs were the only ones that were usable. So they are, welcome to another episode of Apologies Accepted, where we occasionally delve into the wild and often unpredictable world of music and entertainment. Today we have a rather unusual and controversial story to explore. Our spotlight today is on a Texas metal band that recently found themselves at the center of a storm of criticism after a shocking incident during one of their concerts. The band, Martyrdom, faced backlash for tossing a severed pig's head into the crowd at Houston's White Swan Live. And I have to note that I had to plug in the right name for the band and the right name for the venue because ChatGBT made them up. So, um, <laughs> 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 so that's that. That's the intro. Um, this is a story now. Well, moving away from ChatGPT because this is where I abandoned ChatGPT forever. Um, the story made me curious about the White Swan Live, which is the venue. So I did a quick Google search and found out that, quote, if you feel like drinking a lot but are on a budget, they offer $8 half-gallon jugs of Budweiser Draft, which in my head, 
That's a lot of beer. That's a good price for a lot of not bad beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not great beer. It's not um, National Bohemian or whatever. So, which I used to drink a lot of in college. Oh, I don't even know what that is. It's like water, basically. Oh. <laughs> so back to the pig head. Um, according to a social media poster, black metal bands are crazy. I watched some of these kids licking on the pig head. Guts were splattered on people. Diseases were spread. And then two of those smiley cryy emoji. What are they called? Do you know the smiley cryy emoji? Uh, laughing till you. No, I don't know if it has a name. But That's what I just laughing till you cry. So two of those. And um, vegans were annoyed and people were grossed out. And uh, a witness named Dan Bui, uh, who's 26, told NBC News, people were screaming. Kids were picking it up. Kids? Kids. <laughs> there was cartilage and little meat pieces on people. I did not expect it, he said. For sure it was gross. I started dry heaving. I had to go vomit outside. And uh, witness Xavier Gutierrez, who's 20, was horrified to see some fans bat the head around and some, quote, bite the raw meat. Gross. Shocking. It was stuff I've never seen before, he said, who was there to photograph a friend's band that was also playing Friday. This was the most shocking I've ever seen. I've seen random stuff thrown around, but a pig? I don't know what's next after this that could be more shocking. And you got to remember, these are black metal fans. That are shocked by a pig's head. And Gutierrez added, Me and my friend and a lot of people that were near me were scared to even be around it. We saw it going over our heads and were praying that it wouldn't hit us. People were playing around with it like it was a beach ball. Did you see any of the video? I saw some still pictures, but I didn't see video. Was it fun? Uh, yeah, I saw a very quick little clip. It was about three seconds long. Uh, and yeah, it was a pig's head being thrown around like a beach volleyball. It's pretty gross, really. Um, I mean, I would not expect, I mean, in the history of black metal, I think that things have been eaten and thrown into the audience. And even when you think of Gigi Allen, I mean, even worse things have been thrown into audiences that I'm surprised that these black metal people are shocked by a pig's head, which is just a pig's head. I mean, it's kind of gross, but. I don't know. And the, the band apologized. Uh, we'll review their apology in a moment. But even when they apologized, nobody was happy. Um, they went on to Instagram after they had apologized to remind everyone of their upcoming gig in Austin. And some fans still wanted to pick a fight about the apology. So one Instagram follower wrote, Bending over for cancel culture. How very black metal of you guys. Another Instagram user called martyrdom a joke for apologizing for offending religion or vegans. The commenter added, Everyone in the scene laughs at you. Gutierrez, who we heard from earlier about being grossed out by the pig's head and didn't, he didn't know what was next, um, stood up for the band's apology saying, people need to realize this was more of an apology to the venue itself because it almost hit the sound guy and they left a mess. I mean, this isn't the 90s anymore. The scene has changed. <laughs> I love that. This isn't the 90s anymore. Too bad. But I mean, also, <laughs> thank God for the death metal scene cleaning itself up, but... I guess. <laughs> or not. The, the only thing to improve through the last 30 years, the last 30, black metal years. has cleaned itself up. Yeah. So uh, it makes me kind of want to get into black metal now. I wonder if I would like it. Um, I don't, I probably wouldn't, but you never know. Um, so that's all I've got before the apology. Do you have anything to add or shall we move on to the apology? Um, I've So not too much to add. Like, I don't know a lot about black metal, 
like, how does it differ from death metal? And I don't care enough to learn about the distinctions, right? But I definitely have a sense that black metal, death metal, um, you know, are more extreme versions of heavy metal um, and unlistenable in my in my world, <laughs> uh-huh. right? It's a lot of screaming into a microphone and it's a lot of pretend uh-huh. satanic bullshit. Um, uh-huh. And it's, uh, yeah. And so like, do black metal bands spray the audience with death, uh, with death, with blood? <laughs> There's too much death, too much blood, too much heavy metal, stupid. Um, so what I, and again, I don't have much, um, but from Wikipedia, imagery and performances in black metal, right? So what's hmm. going on in black metal? Um, many bands choose not to... Well, let's start with what is black metal, right? So according to mm-hmm. Wikipedia, black metal is an extreme subgenre of heavy metal music. Common traits include fast tempos, a shrieking vocal style, heavily distorted guitars playing with tremolo picking... All right. Mm-hmm. Raw lo-fi recording, unconventional song structures, and an emphasis on atmosphere. Artists often appear in corpse paint and adopt pseudonyms. All right, cool. You know, it's basically we all get what uh, death metal, heavy metal, black metal is. This band specifically is black metal. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, so imagery and performances within the subgenre. Many bands choose not to play live. Many of those who do play live maintain their performances open quote are not for entertainment or spectacle sincerity mm. authenticity and extremity are valued above all else mm. yeah, okay close quote some bands consider their concerts to be rituals calm down everybody calm <laughs> down um and often make use of stage props and theatrics bands such as mayhem gorgor roth what um, and Watain are noted for their uh, controversial shows, which have featured impaled animal heads, mock mm. crucifixions, what? Mm. Medieval weaponry, and <laughs> medieval weaponry, come on, and uh, band members doused in animal blood. So it's everything I thought it was going to be. A few vocalists, such as Dead, Manic, and Kvorforth, are known for cutting themselves while singing on stage. This Pig's head is sounding pretty tame to me right now. Black metal artists often appear dressed in black with combat boots, bullet belts, spiked wristbands, and inverted crosses and inverted pentagrams to reinforce their anti-Christian or anti-religious stance. However, the most standout trait is their use of corpse paint and uh, black and white face paint sometimes mixed with real or fake blood, which is used to create a corpse-like or demonic appearance. The imagery of black metal reflects its lyrics and ideology. In the early 1990s, I almost read that as the 1900s. Like It doesn't go back that far. In the early 1990s, most pioneering black metal artists had minimal album covers featuring Xerox black and white pictures and or writing. Uh, that was partly reaction against death metal bands who at the time had begun to use brightly colored album artwork. Many... Um, Purist black metal artists have continued the style. Black metal album covers are typically dark and tend to be atmospheric or provocative. Some feature natural or fantasy landscapes, while others are violent, sexually transgressive, sacrilegious, or iconoclastic. And they mm. give some examples. Um, for example, Marduk's Fuck Me Jesus 
And, <laughs> <laughs> and Timu Borgers and Sorbre Diable. All right, they're probably Swedish or Norwegian. Um, yeah, and I'm going to say, like, that's kind of it for the death metal stuff. So let's do the apology. Um, All right. It is a great big... What? <laughs> so the apology, uh, it, it is... Um, I think it was on Facebook. Um, actually, I'm not sure. But um, they said, hi, everyone. We just want to start off by saying we are incredibly sorry to anyone we offended with our actions and gimmicks on stage. We are a black metal band, and as part of it, we try to add a little bit of imagery and shock value to our set. Unfortunately, our act has gotten carried away and way out of hand, offending many and even harming some. We want to apologize to any vegans, Muslims, or other minority groups we may have offended, and to anyone who is harmed by our act. Most importantly, we want to apologize to the White Swan and Harry the Sound Guy specifically. Thank you so much, White Swan, for giving us the opportunity to play there. So off the top of your head, what do you think of that apology? I'm curious to see your gut reaction. And that was exactly my question to myself, too, when I read the apology. (laughs) And it was like, all right, there's a couple of different things happening here. Like, and since I know nothing about the world of black metal, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know what it means for this band to have made an apology, right? Right. And so what did it cost them to do this, right? right? Um, so so I wasn't sure how I felt. And okay, so let's work through it. Let's work through Theo's number, right? Um, I felt like it was a seven is kind of where, where I'm coming at. And here's why they did get... Uh, pushback from fans and mm-hmm. concert goers that said, you shouldn't be apologizing. You're black metal. You know, you should have thrown two pig's heads. You should have doubled down. <laughs> um, and so, and of course they know their audience. So they must've known there was going to be some resistance to this apology. And we live in an age where people love yeah. to complain and be offended anyway. So, right. um, so I think, okay, you're heroes for doing that. Right. Uh, but, but I think really in the real world, it's kind of a four and here's why. Um, it feels to me like they want to play at the white swan again. And uh-huh. I'm going to read the, into between the lines here that the white swan was not happy to have to clean up some pig's blood. Um, and that Harry, the sound guy who was almost yeah. hit by the pig said, probably <laughs> bitched a little bit and was yeah. like, uh, Hey, you guys ever hear a workers comp, uh, <laughs> white swan. I'm going to be so rich if that ever happens again. Right. And so yeah. i I think it was kind of a forced apology. Um, and, and also we're apologizing to Muslims I get that, right? Yeah. And vegans. Yeah. I get that. And other minorities. Yeah. I don't know what other minorities they're talking about. I mean, why about. don't you just say you're sorry to everybody who was in the room who, yeah. who whatever, right? Um, but then also the audience, like, they must have been expecting something because this is a, right. you know, these, these satanic rituals happen on stage in these stupid concerts. Like, what did you think was getting mock crucifixions? Come on, read Wikipedia, know what you're getting into. So I think it was a little self-serving 
Um, and so can I just throw a five at it and say yeah. it'd be a seven if I didn't feel they were going so hard to appease the white swan so they could play there again in the future? I had the same feeling about it, um, especially that those last two sentences with the apologize. Important, most importantly, we want to apologize to the White Swan and Harry the Sound Guy, which which was funny, and I, I and I also felt it was a little bit self serving. So um, if we look at it via our criteria, um, was there an expression of regret? Yes. Was there an explanation of what went wrong? Yes. Uh, was there an acknowledgement of responsibility? Kind of. Pretty much. Yeah. I guess they took responsibility. Um, <coughs> Was there a declaration of repentance? Yes. Was there an offer of repair? No, they didn't say we're not going to throw any more pig's heads into the audience. Um, They kind of implied it, but they didn't actually come out and say it. And there was no request for for specific request for forgiveness, um, although they came pretty close. So I think I would give this one mostly because, like you, I feel that they're really apologizing to the white swan um, because they wanted to play there and again uh so i would give it also a five okay all right good so you know good good for the band for apologizing you you definitely um knew you'd be getting some heat uh i did go through their instagram feed to read some of the comments did you yeah and um they were so it was 50 50 some people Uh were like Thanks for apologizing. You guys are awesome. Yeah. You know, this is what black metal is all about. And then other people were like, (laughs) black metal doesn't apologize. You guys are stupid and this is awful. And one person was like, you're pussies. But then didn't spell out the word pussies, but used an ampersand in place of the U. And it's like, you can't Uh, even spell the word that you're calling these people. (laughs) Who's a pussy? And also, yeah. come on, there's other words you could use, but whatever. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, um, with this story, I didn't have a lot to dive into. It was kind of like, well, the history of black metal, and eh, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, blah, blah, blah. It just wasn't anything that grabbed me. So I Googled pig's head in news. <laughs> oh, and my gosh. Although this band and this story has the first two pages of uh, web results for Uh Google News. Everybody covered this. Everybody. And by the way, thank you, TMZ, for for breaking this story, I believe. And also Uh for your um, headline, which was Swine Flu, (laughs) F-L-E-W. Fucking genius. I love you guys. What the fuck? I Who who approved that headline? Amazing. Who came up with it? Double amazing. Um, But then after you get through the first two full pages of Google News results on page three, um, our news starts to read, someone brought a pig's head to Trump's court appearance in Miami. That's a news article. Pig's head barbecues, mosque backlash tests South Korea religious freedom. Okay. Uh, And that's from May of this year. All of these are from 2023. Um, some are from earlier in the year, some are more recent. Virginia police officer uh, investigates after pig mask, I can't breathe shirt found in police car. All right, that's a pig mask. It's not a pig head. Um, another of the metal band, Trump's arraignment. Somebody brought a pig's head to Trump's arraignment. Uh, South Korea mosque. Russian tanks fortified with sandbags. Pig's heads 
prompt <laughs> Mad Max jibes. So wow. it looks like, and that's from October of this year. Three pro. Where are people getting these pigs' heads? From pigs? Three. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That just came right off the top of my head, too. Like, Brilliant. just genius. Three pro Kremlin journalists have pig heads delivered to their doors. That happened in September hmm. this year. Santa Rosa pig blood vandalism case now in Sonoma County Superior Court. I mean, yeah, of course it is. Uh, museum collects bits of history from the Trump crowd in Miami. And I guess they collected the pig's head or I don't know. Uh, pig's head, prison garb and screaming MAGA fans. Among, all right. More of the Trump. Um, and that's it so far. So, so the, uh, it seems like there's always something about a pig's head in the news, wow. which endlessly fascinating. And that's that's what I bring to this story. Well, thank you. Well, you are you are welcome. Here's a I'm pig's so head. Welcome. <laughs> I'm not going to be uh, around pig's heads as much as possible. So so I have an apology expected, um, but do you have an apology expected? or who's I do, because I came fully prepared for this show. Unlike last we'll episode it. where I was like, what? Oh, speaking of last episode, our, our podcast platform, Podbean, not a commercial for Podbean, but they are awesome, uh-huh. has an AI tool. Oh, wow. And so you upload your show into their AI filter and it uh-huh. does post-production and it cleans uh-huh. out like all the ums, right? Oh, nice. Which was awesome. And so I listened to the show and I was like, man, this is on fire. This is so good. And it's because <laughs> all of my ums were were smoothed out, right? So Amazing. great. Uh, but it did it did something with the vocals. I'm not sure what or, or whatever was happening with me that day. Um, I sound like such a soy boy. Uh, when we were talking about the uh, DEI officer develop development, no diversity, diversity, inclusion, inclusivity, no and yes, equity. Thank you. Because uh, otherwise it would be DIE, and that right. die officer would not be, would not be awesome. Um, and uh, it, anyway, um, every, like I would say these things like, "Oh my God." Just like that, right? Um, And uh, I can't believe they violated her liberal rights. And so uh, I will use it again and then see if I still sound as, uh, I don't know, tightly wired around liberal (laughs) causes. Um, But maybe it was just that one particular story. Anyway, so I thought I would share my adventure with AI this week, last week. Okay, so who's sorry now? Lauren Michaels of SNL fame. Mm. Why? I'll tell you why. Because he brought Nikki Haley in last night as a surprise guest. Um, oh, my God. During cold open. Yes. And so they had two. Uh, so it's SNL comedians for our international audience who may not be familiar with Saturday Night Live. But there you go. You probably are familiar with Saturday Night Live. It's been around for 30, 40 years, maybe 50. Holy moly. Um, and so the skit was a political uh, uh, CNN, what are they, town hall, right? And they had two newscasters sitting on the stage who both were black. And then the audience, uh, mixed races, 
and a black woman stands up and is holding the microphone and she's getting ready to ask a the candidate a question, right? So that's the opening, or at least that's what I saw. And uh, the woman says, would you like to uh, explain the cause of the Civil War? And would you say that it started with an S and ends with lavery? And then Nick, uh, the camera pans over to Nikki Haley, who's standing there holding the microphone, right? And again, of course, this is a, a comedic skit. And she says, well, that's what I should have said. And um, live from New York, it's Saturday night, right? And then the show opens. Lauren Michaels, are you what? fucking kidding? Come what? on, right? I don't expect you to be a liberal. I don't care what your politics are. But you're giving this woman who absolutely was kowtowing to the uh, uh, white supremacist uh, streak that's running through the Republican Party, right? Um, you're giving her a platform to say that she wasn't saying what she said. And, oh and that's terrible. So he's getting some backlash for it. Um, and I expect that uh, he, he probably will not apologize, but he should. Mm. Uh, just uh, inappropriate and um, not good. That's awful. Yeah. And so that's my uh, apology expected slash who's sorry now. And what have you got? Well, <clears throat> according to a recently filed lawsuit, the Cadillac, a San Francisco city-funded housing facility for low-income and formerly homeless adults, is being sued over a persistently broken elevator that leaves disabled residents confined to their room for weeks on end. The San Francisco Standard reported oh last God. year. Yeah. Yeah. The San Francisco Standard reported last year that the Cadillac's elevator was being held together by a zip tie. Are you motherfucking kidding me? Not kidding you at all. Um, the complaint said that when the complainant, Mark Parsons, wrote an email last year about residents becoming stuck between floors, the management company responded not with repairs, but by pulling the recertification of Parsons' low-income status and going through his bank statements. So the elevator's still not been repaired. There's a lawsuit. Um, the city gave $10 million to um, various organizations to repair elevators in homes like these uh, last February and it is still stuck in you know red tape so uh, and, and it's not even close to enough for the for the all the elevators that need to be worked on in the city for these um, homeless and low-income people so um, um 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 <laughs> as you were saying <laughs> AI, get I'll AI clean that back up. in there <laughs> bad news for the city bad news for everyone maybe good news for lawyers I don't know, but I do expect a who's sorry now or an apology from somebody about this and soon. Like, what are people thinking? You know I what I mean? Know. Yeah. How do you look at that and think it's all okay and that you're not going to get sued to right? doomsday and back? I'm going to sue them. I really am a soy boy. I know. That's totally I, I what know. it is. I, I personally feel that I should sue them myself. Yeah. Actually, I mean, that's just... This. We should go there and try and use the elevator, and then we have a good reason and then to sue, sue them. them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's my apology expected, and that's all the news that's fit to print. I hope you get Perhaps. that apology, and um, and I hope you get some money when you sue them. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I'll share it with you. Yay! Good. <laughs> all right, everybody. Thanks for listening. 
uh, we'll be back next week, I believe. You know, um, Lord willing, the don't knows. rise. So uh, stay cool, cucumbers. Don't trip potato chips. Bye. Later, tater. Apologies Accepted, the podcast. You can find links to the articles and the sources in the show notes. To submit an apology or find out more, visit us at apologiesaccepted.net, where you can also find our merchandise. We're on Twitter at Apologies Accepted. And on Instagram at Apologies.Accepted. You can support our important work at Patreon forward slash Apologies Accepted. And fuck Facebook. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>